9.30 on a Wednesday morning. We have Dr. Deb Johnson as our host this morning. Good morning. Joined in studio as well by Dr. Jill Cruz. Hello. We're both here today. Yay! This Yay. is going to be so much fun. It is. We are going to have a blast. And everybody, you're a big part of that. Call in. Give us your questions. See if you can play Stump the Prairie Doc. You probably can. But uh, it'll be fun to try. So I am Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation. Foundation, which is a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm and his lovely wife, Joni. I'm filling in today as our host. I'm a family physician with Avera Medical Group in Brookings, now called Access Health, uh, and I enjoy being part of the Prairie Doc team. And with me today is Dr. Jill Cruz. She is also a family medicine doctor, but she has moved on and is now a hospitalist at the Brookings Health System. Although I got to share my office with her yesterday because she was here doing flight physicals, which was very nice. Yes, like you can't get me completely out of the clinic. So a couple times a month, you'll catch me over there still. Which is wonderful. It is. I love having you there. So good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see, are you hosting the show this? Yes, I am hosting. Fabulous. And it is a show on? Ask Anything. Oh, It's my favorite topic. I know that is a fun topic, isn't it? Who are your guests going to be? So we have uh, Dr. Allison from Pier and Dr. Reifenberger up from Watertown. Oh, fantastic. So we're getting some some new faces. New faces. I love it. And now let's see, Dr. Reifenberger is a family family medicine. medicine. And so is Dr. Allison. All right. Who else can answer, ask anything than family medicine? It is true. We are, well, maybe maybe MedPeds. Maybe Dr. Bean, he would be a a good choice too. I consider him honorary family medicine. I agree. I agree. He just didn't just, have to deliver babies in his exactly uh, didn't take care of the pregnancy part that we we did so anyway yes well that'll be a good show yes there will be lots of topics there's a lot of topics uh, kind of in the lay press right now like uh, Bruce Willis and aphasia yes that's definitely something and alopecia is also and getting alopecia, a lot alopecia yes. yeah exactly so we've had some some good uh, popular media uh, stars well-known figures that have kind of uh, brought their health problems forward. So tell me about alopecia. Let's start with that one. So alopecia is one of the autoimmune disorders where the body attacks the hair follicles and then you end up having very thin hair or sometimes can go completely bald from it. So it does uh, affect both men and women. And unfortunately, there's not much that you can do for it. And like a lot of autoimmune diseases, women do tend, tend to, to have, have more it. of it. And something I learned in the process of, uh, of Jada Pinkett Smith's story is that uh, people of color are more yes. prone to uh, alopecia. So that was something I had not known before her I mean, and that does, story. That does make sense because um, also same with other autoimmune disorders like lupus, that also tends to affect uh, women of color more too. So, ah. so I, I guess I'm not too surprised to hear that since they're both kind of in that same family of, of, of autoimmune, autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes uh, we can see just mild little patches of alopecia and uh, sometimes it can even affect the eyebrows and um, it can be really emotionally devastating for people. It can because there's so much of your identity around hair and yep. hairstyle and how you look. 
Um, you know, wigs have come a long way, but not everyone wants to wear a wig. They're hot, yep. they're itchy, I mean, they're expensive, especially if you get uh, a human hair versus a synthetic wig. Right, and the human hair wigs are generally considered to be higher quality, so mm-hmm. um, to look more natural and to, to feel more natural and just to be better. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting topic. And, you know, certainly I think we as uh, women especially, but I think it applies to men, too. Our appearance is such an important part of our identity. Um, And I know that in in the black culture, hair is is extremely important. So um, that's an added layer of stress Mm -hmm. so i think it is about time for our first break and then let's talk about bruce willis and aphasia Uh, so we thank you for listening to prairie doc on kbrk and on our podcast call us 605-692-1430 shoot some questions at us and we'll return after this message from the avera medical group did you know that someone in the united states has a heart attack every 40 seconds A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Uh, I am Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm joined today by my partner, Dr. Jill Cruz. We're here to answer your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about Bruce Willis and the um, newly released information that he's been diagnosed with aphasia. So Jill, what is aphasia? So aphasia is where there's a difficulty with getting the words out. So it's all about uh, an area of the brain, and depending on which area of the brain is affected, uh, there's different types of aphasia. So basically, it's it's difficulties with, you know, with language. With language, yeah. So you know, there is one type uh, where the words just it's on the tip of your tongue, and you just your brain just can't get it out, and you just you know what you want to say, but you can't spit it out. And that's an extremely frustrating experience. I think all of us have had moments where there's something we want to say and a word we want to say and we just can't quite make it surface and then it comes to you a few minutes later or in the middle of the night and wakes you up and um and that's a very very frustrating experience yes. what other types of aphasia might we notice so then the other one is called kind of word salad where words come out but they don't make any sense so you'll have just words that the sentences don't it, we call it word salad because it's like you just dumped a bunch of words in a cereal bowl and mixed them up and then you just kind of string them out into a sentence and it it makes it's it just sounds bizarre i've i've only heard it a couple of times with patients but when you hear it you're like what did they just say? <laughs> that, that makes no sense. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And some people, we're, we've been kind of focusing on expressive aphasia, and I haven't read a lot of details about uh, Mr. Willis's experience, but um, that is kind of my understanding is that he has an expressive aphasia, but people can also have receptive aphasia mm-hmm. where 
you're talking, what you're saying makes perfect sense to the other person that's listening, but I can't make those words register. I don't understand what you're saying. And um, these conditions are incredibly frustrating yes, to people. Because it affects your ability to communicate your needs, your wants, everything that's going on with your surroundings. So, you know, it it happens a lot with people who've had strokes. Yes. That's a very common symptom that we see with, with patients and strokes, especially if what's called the Broca's area of the brain is affected because that's where you um, that's have that That's an important spot for language processing, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually had an episode of aphasia once. Did I ever tell you that? No, with yeah, a migraine? With my migraine, okay. that's right. I remember I was actually on the phone with a patient, and I still think that poor woman probably thought I was drunk because I, I even said, I tried to say, ah, I just washed my tongue and I can't do anything with it. And I couldn't make that come out either. And it was it was a very disconcerting experience. It happened about half an hour, and thank God it's never happened since because mm-hmm. that was very difficult. Yeah, so, you know, aphasia isn't a true um It's not a diagnosis. diagnosis. It's, it's, a it's a symptom. Right, and yeah. it can be caused by different things, migraines, and it can be caused by strokes. You know, there's lots brain of... Tumors, brain tumors, exactly. seizures. Anything that affects the central nervous system has the potential to affect... The, the language center and cause some aphasia, which, again, sometimes can be temporary, like my experience was, uh, sometimes can be recoverable. A lot of patients who experience this as one of their stroke symptoms or maybe have it after a traumatic brain injury or surgery or a brain tumor, something like that, um, they may have some degree of recovery, especially if they can work with a good speech therapist. Yes, speech therapy is paramount in trying to help with this because we've learned the brain is very plastic. We can still make new neural connections. We can work around things and and try to rewire the brain. Uh, At one point we thought it was fixed and once there was a damage it was done. But now we're learning, you know, with time sometimes there can be some improvement. Yeah, so that's a message of hope and uh, important, important information. So, um, what else has been in the news lately? What else? Oh, the new COVID shot recommendations. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, so for those 50 and over with um, chronic conditions. Or 50 and over and or, or with, with high-risk medical, yes. medical conditions, conditions. Yep. are eligible for another booster shot. So for a lot of people, this would be their fourth shot. For some people who needed three shots for their primary series, people who had some reason why we thought that they may not respond well and needed to get three shots very early on. So people with uh, being treated for cancer, people with blood cancers, people who um, have immune deficiencies might be their fifth shot. So uh, what are you telling people about this? Should everybody eligible run out and get their shot? You know, I would say there's no harm in running out and getting that fifth shot uh, or Or fourth fourth shot (laughs) or whichever one that you qualify for. You know, what can you do to keep yourself out of the hospital? Right now, um, knock on wood, Brookings Health does not have anyone in with COVID, which is wonderful. I love that. I want to keep it that way. So please get your shot. Yes. And, uh, you know, system-wide, the numbers are so much lower than they were in January and February. It's just, it's a real breath of fresh air. The numbers in the community are are much lower, what we're seeing when we test in the clinic. Of course, we're not seeing everything because a lot of people will test at home and some people just don't 
test at all. Yeah. Uh, but we are seeing a lot of influenza A. Have you been seeing much influenza in the hospital? Not not admitted to the hospital. So that's been a, a good thing here. Yeah. But yeah, we're definitely, I mean, we had a really early peak of influenza this year. And it's just continuing it's, on. Yep. I had three positive tests in the clinic yesterday. Wow. Yeah, that's just a lot for this point in the season. Yes, for it, it really is. Early April. Usually we peak in February. in February. So that's we're still certainly seeing it linger on. It's, yeah. You can still get your flu shot if you can find one. Mm-hmm. It might be a little tough to find one, but yes. it's and not too late to get it. You know, people wonder, you know, is that too many COVID shots? Well, I, I read in the news there was a gentleman in Germany that, <laughs> I read had, that too. got 90. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, if you can get 90 of these, because he was trying to forge fake papers for people. But obviously, yes. 90 COVID shots did not cause any harm, so four and, is not too many. And I, I know that in other uh, other parts of our country where um, some communities experimented with here, you know, get your shot, here's a uh, gift certificate yes. for $15 or whatever, um, there were people that would just go and get shot after shot after shot. So no, it is not too many many shots. Your immune system handles repeated exposures, you know, just sitting in this room, which is very clean and everything, but uh, we are exposed to to tons of organisms and uh, exposed over and over and over again. Your immune system can handle that. Um, I have been telling people you know, it's absolutely not the wrong thing to go get your shot. But if you're in one of the lower risk groups, I've also been saying, hey, if you want to wait until you read that numbers are going up again, that's not an unreasonable uh, approach to take either. So um, I'm definitely, I think anybody who's listened knows I am 100% pro immunization. I'm not saying don't get that next booster. I'm saying get it now get it later either way i think is okay mm-hmm. when it feels right for you when and, it feels right for and you. definitely yeah. our numbers are trailing off we'll see what happens in the yep. summer i mean we thought we've, summer would make things better and then delta hit yep and we've got uh, we've got son of covid our son of omicron, omicron uh, yes little little af- expressive aphasia moment there, there for me <laughs> we've got uh, the next uh, Omicron 2.0 or whatever yeah. we're calling it that's that's uh, brewing out there and you know with a little luck it uh, it will peter out but there will be another one around the corner so we're not done with this we're just in a little bit of a lull mm-hmm. none of us are wearing masks today yes I know that's uh, not something we've been wearing masks in this little room for a very long time and mm-hmm. uh, the numbers are low enough that I have stopped wearing masks in public but we still wear them in the clinic yep. and why and is that well again I think it's to protect our most vulnerable patients we've got people that don't qualify for the vaccine because of their age we've got infants we've got immunocompromised people where the vaccines don't work as well so it, I think it is our duty to protect them in this environment. Absolutely. And, you know, these are, are people that are very vulnerable. And a lot of people in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, they're already sick, sick as can be. And you add one more thing, and it may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. So, um, you know, the feds are still requiring masks in healthcare settings. And, um you know, I don't know how long they will continue to require that, but we will always have those vulnerable people that we need to protect. And, you know, accessing health care is, uh, is something that people 
can't avoid. It's easy to say, well, get your groceries delivered, but it's a whole lot harder to get your health care delivered. Maybe we so. should start doing house calls again. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, we've certainly ventured into a lot of telemedicine, mm-hmm. uh, but there's just things that you really can't, can't do on telemedicine. Hard to look in throats and ears without special equipment. Absolutely, it is. And and those are just things that most people don't have access to. And even when I do telemedicine, sometimes I, I spend the visit looking at people's left eyeball or their n- right nostril. Or, or their cat. Or their cat, which is... <laughs> wonderful. I love seeing the cats and the dogs and the pets and and all of that. But I I do need to see the person too. So, um, you know, it's it's great to have a little aside to see Fluffy, but uh, to spend the whole visit looking at Fluffy is not quite what I want to do. Except they sit on the computer. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. That's true. So I think it's time for our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us, please, everybody, 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns or questions. Play Stump the Prairie Doc. Come on, people. Uh, Our programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcasts. And today's program will be added soon. And we'll be back after this message from the Avera Medical Group. We are living in a stressful time as we deal with the global pandemic. The following are some tips to help your emotional health. Fuel your body by eating a healthy, well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of water. Aim to get seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Exercise every day. Take deep breaths and stretch often. Avoid risky or destructive behaviors such as abusing alcohol or drugs, excessive gambling, or ignoring public health recommendations. Spend time outside, such as going for a walk in a park, but follow social distancing guidelines. If you feel overwhelmed by the emotional pressures, reach out to family, friends, or your medical provider. This tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm joined today by Dr. Jill Cruz. We're here, ready and eager to answer your questions. Give us a call at 692-1430. So uh, Bob was goofing off uh, over the break and kind of showed us his his use for uh, for those masks that we're not wearing anymore. <laughs> He's looking just a little sheepish. <laughs> It was modified to get very superhero-ish. <laughs> yes. It turned him into a superhero. Radio man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, however, Bob, I do want to point out that when masks are recommended again, you're going to have to get a new one because those eye holes. Oh, yep. There you go. Now he's now he's pointing at his, uh, his stash of intact masks. It even looks like you've got an N95 over there. Fantastic. So, yes, you know, let's talk about that. You know, when first, no masks were recommended. We don't need masks. And then, yeah, you know, okay, maybe we should wear masks. And here, here's how you make one out of a bandana and some, uh, and some rubber bands, which Mm -hmm. I thought was very creative. And then, oh, you know, we should all all wear masks. And people were selling them, selling fabulous hand homemade. Um, cloth masks and then it was you know maybe we should all be wearing surgical masks and 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 95s and of course now we're at the 
But you don't have to wear masks uh, stage. Again, there are going to be some people who wear masks. And that's good. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Absolutely. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. And frankly, you know, I've got my 93-year-old father-in-law with chronic diseases. And when I send him out of the house, which we're starting to do again, which is a a big, big improvement, I still send him in a mask because Mm -hmm. that person who's wearing that mask might be somebody who's very vulnerable, who can't afford to get COVID or can't afford to get influenza or RSV or any of the other things that most of us might just go right on and not have any problem with, but that Mm -hmm. person may have a different setting. So please be compassionate if you see people in masks. Anyway, that's not where I was going with this. I was going with why all these changes, Dr. Cruz? Because that's science. That's how science works. Yes. <laughs> when, when we get more information, we make new recommendations. The scientific method is all about testing a theory and a hypothesis. And when you get evidence that says what you thought was wrong, you change your mind. Absolutely. That is a great way of putting it. I, you know, I think there's also a little bit of just relative numbers. So right. when there's very little COVID out there, the masks aren't so important because it's unlikely that the person in the room with you will be infected with COVID. When there's a lot of COVID out there, they might be. So, so why should I wear a mask? I feel fine. Well, you feel fine, but we've noticed that there's lots of cases of asymptomatic COVID. And honestly, it's just respectful for, you know, you're saying I care about the people around me. I care about myself. I care about my community. Yeah. So the my mask protects me, particularly my surgical mask or my N95 is good protection. Um, But really, my mask is protecting the person I'm with because Mm -hmm. um, my mask makes me a lot less likely to spread any germs I may be carrying to you. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was scrubbing down their groceries? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And uh, and I would get home and and all the healthcare workers were stripping down in the garage, leaving our clothes in the garage, making a beeline to the bathroom as quick as we could and scrubbing head to toe every day. Absolutely. Yes. And as time went by and we learned more about COVID, we realized, oh, this is a respiratory spread virus, which is not to say it can't live on surfaces, but that's a minor form of transmission. So I haven't been scrubbing my groceries down for a long time. How about you? I honestly never did. Yeah, I didn't either, actually. Honestly, I, I, I had friends that were, because I, I was on a, a physician's COVID group, and some people really went crazy. I tried to stay a little bit more in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I, I, my personal take on it was, this is a respiratory, respiratory. virus, yeah. and respiratory viruses aren't typically that surface spread, so um, I... Yeah. didn't wipe much down I didn't <laughs> that was i was like b- I'll, one I'll, part laziness on i'll, my I'll part. use hand sanitizer and a mask and that that yeah yep, yep yep so but again i don't think that those people who were were outrageous i think that it was a matter of the science just not we being didn't know there. we didn't know we didn't know we so didn't know. what's wrong with erring on the side of caution yep, absolutely and i think the other factor that prompted some of the changes was just availability yeah you know early in the pandemic when i mean shoot i can probably count on 
one hand the number of times prior to the pandemic that I wore a, a mask in an exam room in the hospital more often, mm-hmm. but in an exam room it was pretty darn rare that we'd wear masks. I remember in residency we had to find an N95 one time. Yes. <laughs> I was like, where, where, are, where are they? Do we even have any? I remember being N95 fit when right. I was a resident, and I don't think I had another fitting until the pandemic yeah. 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 I have no idea. Certainly the mask I was fit for 20 years before the pandemic was no good anymore. But, you know, our the availability was just not there. And so those masks really needed to be saved for healthcare workers mm-hmm. and patients with cancer at highest risk, transplants, etc. Um, and at this point, there's really no difficulty getting those things no. and now so, they're in the bargain bin yeah now they're in the bargain bin <laughs> or they're giving them away, somewhere i think they were giving them away free it was like please take two masks yes I think it was yeah i think that was all part of the mm-hmm. you know governmental here's here's a free bunch. home covid tests mm-hmm. here's free n95s just to get those things out to to people who might not otherwise have them uh and there may come a time again when we're saying to people hey put on your surgical mask put on your mm-hmm. n95 uh, protect yourself and other people as best you can. But for right now, we can all go into summer without with a f- breath of fresh air. With a breath of fresh air, yes, and and get a little get a little exposure on our face. But you should still wear your sunscreen. Definitely. <laughs> Bob's like laughing. Just at enough me. vitamin D, and then put your sunscreen yeah. on. And then well, I just take my vitamin D and pills. <laughs> this is true. Mine are in the, the peach gummies. They're delicious. <laughs> I love them. My kids love them, too. I'm like, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. The vitamin D is one of the only vitamins that I consistently recommend to people. And Dr. Holm would applaud you if you read his book. He was a big fan of vitamin D as well. All right. Well, if Rick said it, it must be true. It must be. It must be. I think it's time for our final break. Thank you all for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We'll return after this message. Hospice is medical care designed to maximize comfort and quality of life for patients facing terminal illnesses. Hospice provides pain management, emotional support, help with family care, and spiritual care to the patient and their family when a cure is not possible. Brookings Health System employs a caring team of professionals and volunteers sensitive to the changing needs of patients and family members during this difficult time. To find out more about hospice in the Brookings, South Dakota area, call 696-9000 or talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Deb Johnston here with Dr. Jill Cruz. We're here to take your questions, 605-692-1430. People, you've only got a few minutes. The show ends at 9.30, so if you've got questions, get them into us so that uh, we can do our best to answer them for you. Or we'll just keep talking. Or like, we'll just keep talking. <laughs> like, I don't know why the administrators thought it was good to put us in an office together, because we got nothing. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> You're like a couple of teenagers. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but usually like a like, sleepover. Hey, what do you do for someone who has hypothyroidism? Or do you test for this for exercise? And yes. Asthma? It was basically me asking questions to the teacher. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Oh, I don't know how honest that is, dear, but 
it was really nice to have someone to, to, to bounce things off of. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes just, you know, like any other situation in your life, sometimes just having someone to talk a situation over with, even if they don't make any recommendations at all, which was never the case between the two of us. <laughs> but sometimes you just organize your thoughts that way. It, you hear it out loud. I mean, definitely. I mean, being a physician is about being a collaborative team player. Absolutely. And I think that's been the biggest change in medical education in the last 10 to 15 years was going from I'm the captain of the ship, I make all the decisions by myself in a vacuum, to I'm part of a team and how do I work with all the members on my team and get input from everyone from, you know, the pharmacist to the dietitian to... You know, the nurses to the physical therapist, occupational therapist. I mean, there's your colleagues. I mean, absolutely. There's just so many people in healthcare that have something really valuable to add. Those nurses are at the bedside. They're making really important observations. They're doing all that hand on hands on care. Uh, Those pharmacists are there's a lot of talk about the new oral medication of uh, mm-hmm. Pavlomed for um, COVID. I think I mispronounced that, but say anyway. it with conviction. And yeah. no, no. <laughs> except I just confessed. Um, it, and you know that can be that is just a really great drug, but it has a lot of drug interactions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of details about. Um, people who can and can't take it, how you have to adjust for renal function, for all kinds of other things. So we really need that uh, that pharmacist to be helping us with that. Definitely. So, yeah, those pharmacists are very, very useful. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. This week on Thursday, April 7th, 2022, Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz and her guest, Dr. Robert Allison with Avera Medical Group in Pier and Dr. Dan Reifenberger with Brown Clinic in Watertown will answer viewers' questions on the Ask Anything show. So everybody get your get your questions together and get ready to call them in. Tune in tomorrow night on South Dakota Public Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group in Brookings. Please follow Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. You can visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcasts. My thanks to Jill today for joining me and... As Rick would say, stay stay healthy out there, people.